0: Recording yeah. We're having fun. We're killing Jews. <laughs> uh we didn't uh what do we
1: <laughs> You know uh you know what I was thinking about? What? Do you remember that night on my twenty first birthday when we went to the city? We went to that bar that gave you four pints and four shots for twenty five dollars. With pints. What they gave me three shots for $30. Oh, yeah, it was three and three, though, remember? No. Yeah. No. They gave you... Because you got to pick the shots and pick the beers.
0: No. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't would have been angry if they gave me six drinks for $30. They gave me three drinks for $30. I don't know. I do. I got <laughs> I was there. Face,
1: though. It was... Uh- okay,
0: how about... We think about, for two seconds, your memory versus my memory. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah.
1: What'd you do yesterday? Fuck. I <laughs> went to an all-you-can-eat meat restaurant and drank a bottle of wine by myself. Fuck. What? <laughs> you asked me what I did, I told you. Yeah, I was hoping it wouldn't be that depressing. I was with people, I just drank the wine by myself. But anyway, on my birthday, I remember we were slamming drinks, and some guy was playing with one of those giant Jenga towers. And I really had the urge to just fucking nose dive right into it. And I was being very persistent about it. Yeah, I remember you were getting frustrated. The second we walked in, you were like, "I want to fucking dive. I want to just fucking nine eleven that fucking tower right there." <laughs> and then you were like dude happy fucking birthday man go for it I don't know what to say I had to pay my tab first yeah because we were gonna get thrown out so I put my drink down I would that fucking Jenga it was like those big blocks they were like the size of bricks and I fucking sprinted as fast as I could dove over a table and just fucking decimated this tower but i dove like superman and i dolphin dive yeah i but i had my arms out but i didn't hit the tower with my arms <laughs> i hit it with my face so i had a busted jaw for like 2 weeks
0: <laughs> well the tower was so tall you kind of hit both
1: yeah and then i remember we ran right out and then you ran out and, like, shoulder-checked some guy by accident. He was like, what the fuck's your problem? No, you
0: you ran, you fucking slammed into him, and he, like, spilled his drink. And then I ran past him and hit him again. And he was like, what the fuck? And then our a friend who shan't be named ran through really slowly and just pushed him.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he the guy just didn't even get mad anymore. Like, the first hit, he was like, what the fuck? And the second one, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And by the third hit, he was just like, come on. Come on. come on, man, come on. Come on. oh he came. What come a bother. On. What a bother. And then we... The worst day ever. I think we went to some other bar and, I don't know. That's when you stole
0: the flag. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I stole that, a giant Irish flag.
0: We peed all over a halal cart.
1: Yeah, we pissed on a <laughs> halal cart. I had to sit down and eat, because I was so shot. On the the, bug couch? someone (laughs) threw out a couch. We're in the middle of Manhattan, by the way. And I just sat down on this couch. It had, like, ripped leather. There were maggots in it. And this halal cart was parked there, and we all just pissed (laughs) right next to it. Well, yeah, so we pissed,
0: like, on the sidewalk. It was in, like, a corner. Yeah, it was, like, up against some walls. But what we didn't realize was that there was an incline. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so we all pissed on it and then watched our little river of pee just go into the gutter and
1: <laughs> go right to the halal cart flow right underneath this was, halal guy and he was like mm. yeah and you saw what like a the, bother it, what a bother dude that's like a corny line from like an 80's family sitcom becoming, dad <laughs> <I, laughs> but
0: coming out of a halal man's yeah. mouth
1: <laughs> it's like dad, oh bother <laughs> daddy I crashed your portion of the side of the house what a
0: bother wah, wah. yeah who else uh, but somebody pissed all over my halal cart what, what a, a bother, bother. Oh. <laughs> i somebody, was somebody spilled my drink and then somebody else spilled my drink and then a third man hurt me oh, what a bother
1: i was playing jenga and went to the bathroom and some drunk asshole dove into the tower what a bother <laughs> wah,
0: wah, wah. that was the same bar that had that giraffe that would stare at you while you peed.
1: Next to a poster of Harriet Tubman. What was that
0: place? Uh, I don't know. I don't give free promotions. It was right
1: by Penn Station. I remember that. It was like around the corner. Hit
0: us up. You know who you are. <laughs> give us an ad.
1: Give um, me a shout out.
0: <laughs> let me ask you one more question.
1: Yeah? Do you feel like doing a podcast? I do. Let's do it. Oh. Uh-
0: Oh God. Dude, I was drinking last (laughs) night. (laughs) No, I was drinking last night. I was at my my brother's girlfriend's birthday. And her older brother like pulled me into this room and was like, How's it going, man? And I was like, Oh, that's great. Yeah, we were just talking like about our respective siblings, and then he just saw quick, I forgot you had a brother. (laughs) That face you just saw, I completely forgot you had a book. Sorry, PJ. About? Fuck <laughs> and back to the memory conversation. <laughs> right, anyway. Who do you believe now <clears throat> when you hear stories? <laughs> um, Yeah, he goes, hey, man, you can get out of here. And I was like, okay. But then as I stood up, my stomach, like, twisted really hard. And I just went, huh. like, yeah, let me, uh. Let me get right back to you on that one. <laughs> I just walked out into the backyard and I was like, let me not do this here. Let me... I didn't even drink. I had like four or five Heinekens at this point. Oh, shit! Sure. It was not alcohol. I don't know what happened. I just walked out into the street and then it's I got a, a call. <laughs> 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 this guy's <laughs> fucking funny. Get it? Because he can't hold his liquor? I wish I was a lightweight. You know how cheap it is to uh, be a lightweight? Yeah. Dude, Our friend, like fucking. Friend of the show, Jack Mangini. Jackie boy. That guy can drink one beer and be shit-faced. He, like, cracks him open, and he's like, ah, ah, The smell, he's... Yeah, the he's, smell. He's, like, pungent. Mm-mm. Oh,
1: I'm fucked up. <laughs> My BACs. Is... He's a really annoying drunk, though. He gets very, like, laughy. Only when like, he's drunk. Giggly. You're
0: always annoying. Yeah, Jack, you suck. Fuck you. Fuck you. you annoying Jew. <laughs> he's only half Jewish. Well, he doesn't look it looks yeah. hundo percento the ghost of spooky park <laughs> the, yeah
1: jack the, we're gonna put a picture right under here of the jew ghost of spooky park that's our friend jack spooky park's a real place <laughs> it is as a corn maze it does <laughs> we watched a movie today it came out in 1998 uh it was written and directed by the coen brothers and it's The Big Lebowski, one of my
0: favorite movies. Oh, God. Yeah, we're switching it up. We're doing a a classic movie. Yes, sir. Uh, it's going to be some kind of weird episode, special,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do we're professionals, everybody. Because either we did a classic or we watched Dungeons and Dragons. I don't want to do that. That's what I'm saying.
0: Hey, you know, I say, you know we'll uh, educate the youth. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll tell you guys. We'll, we'll show you some movies we do like. Yeah, for those of you who haven't seen The Big
1: Lebowski, it is fantastic. It
0: is my favorite comedy ever written. Is it actually? Absolutely. Oh, me, I. It's just so good. Yes, it's, yeah. it's uh, besides being a perfect comedy, I think it's a perfect movie. Me too. I I do. Very few and a, far between. As silly as it can be. Oh, it's absolutely lunacy yeah it's it's absurd the whole story is ludicrous it, it's it's it goes out of its way it, and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder as yeah it goes on so
1: um but let's uh do you want to do a plot summary with keegan yeah let's do it man all right everybody here's this week's plot summary
0: with keegan we need to make some kind of like animation do <laughs> like some background music yeah everybody lucas here's- get on it
1: this week's Plot Summary with Keegan.
0: Is that Family Feud? I don't know. I want you to stop. <laughs> All right, go for it, buddy. All right, Big Lebowski is about one single man, uh, the dude, Jeffrey Lebowski, who gets mistaken for a different Jeffrey Lebowski, a uh, millionaire, entrepreneur. Korea wheelchair bound time magazine people of the year award winning man Lebowski um, his wife uh, bunny Lebowski is in debt with some people and they want their money back and they mistake the dude for the big Lebowski and they beat the shit out of him and piss on his rug <laughs> so the whole movie is our, our friend the dude and his quest to get his rug back Uh, Because he's too cheap to just get a new one, get it cleaned, spray it with a hose. Can't do any of it. He's the dude.
1: It was about principle. (laughs) Power. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it's just his quest to get the rug back. Uh, He gets
0: uh, uh, wrapped up into a big crime uh, laundering money scheme and uh, has to solve things. Like the dude can. Why not? Yes. (laughs) Great movie. Great movie. I'm going to be vague on this one. I want you to watch it.
1: Yeah. Uh, So we'll start off by saying this was produced, written, directed, and edited by the Coen brothers.
0: Yeah, I was um, trying to watch the the opening credits this time. You know it's only produced by one of them?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ethan Coen. I don't know why.
0: The Um, other one was like, nah. I'm
1: not right. I think. And we're back. Did we ever leave? (laughs) No. So one thing I love about the Coen brothers is for, for a big chunk of their movies, they kind of stick to a basic, not basic, but like a similar formula yet. They use, They create, like, their movies are more character-based than Mm plot-based. Like, you know, there's always, like, a ransom amount. I mean, (laughs) you look at, like, there's The Big Lebowski, Fargo, No Country for Old Men, Raising Arizona, Burn After Reading. It's all centered around some form of ransom. Yet, if you watch all those five movies, they are entirely different. (laughs) Because they're so good at writing interesting characters. Oh, they're the masters
0: of, of character.
1: Yeah, uh, it's
0: not only all the main characters, all the supporting characters. Something I um, was going to point out with this movie, but it's just the Coen brothers in general, is yeah. their dialogue is so tuned into character. It's like, like anytime it's somebody's perfect. speaking, you can just you get all you need to know about their character.
1: I I actually read the script of the Big Lebowski and it their dialogue sounds so natural the way they cut each other off and interrupt mm-hmm. and talk over each other it is written yeah. exactly like that. Yeah like the, that, that doesn't oh, come Oh you about walk by into extra. a movie expecting a uh, uh, and then someone like cuts them off and it's it's done word for
0: fucking word. It's a very natural way yeah. of, of speaking which is unusual for movies. Yeah um this movie's riddled with it. I, I I do like how um characters will trip over their words and they'll be like uh they'll start to say something and realize they shouldn't have said that and they'll kind of like redirect mid sentence like yeah uh the dudes walking around uh the Big Lebowski's house and he's like he's looking at a picture and he's like oh so he's a cripple and then like mid 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 word he's like oh he's a cripple uh uh, uh uh a handicap
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they do that a lot
0: it's, and it's so casual like even me doing it is is hammed up like it just it comes off very yeah. smoothly he's
1: like yeah so he's uh he's a cripple uh handicap. is he? he's yeah it was and they're so brilliant also in the sense where they work with um roger deakins a lot he's like an incredible cinematographer Half of the jokes in this movie are done through cinematography
0: mm. oh if we're talking visual jokes this this movie's got it all
1: loaded with them, even just the positions of the actors like when that guy in the chair just kept like giggling and the dude's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Just the framing alone of that shot made that hilarious
0: there's a, a, a this movie's pacing is is really good and I, I think it's it has something to do with um the way the Cohen brothers kind of bounce from joke to joke. Yeah. They kind of have like a a, a handful of, of not go-to jokes, but like joke types that they kind of bounce from from joke to joke. And you don't really pick up on it because it's like dialogue joke, visual joke, shot joke. It's like yeah. they, they, they go from joke to joke, so the pace never stops. But since it's a different kind of joke every time, you, you're, you're not even really noticing it's going on. But, uh, how do you feel about this? So, fans of the show, all 30 of you, uh, <laughs> you'll all know, uh, my distaste for narration. Uh, you'll be surprised to hear that this movie, uh, features it, uh, heavily. Uh, I and... I would say heavily. It happens three times. I count the middle one. yeah. yeah. Um... But how do you feel about the narration? Why, why does the narration work in this movie where it doesn't work in other movies? I think it works in this
1: movie because this. first off, I want to say The Big Lebowski is one of those movies where when you get to know the characters and you watch it, each time you watch it, it gets more and more fucking hilarious because you get so familiar with the characters that it just... Everything that happens just becomes more funny because now you're like, oh, of course that would happen to him.
0: It's kind of it's kind of like having friends. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like it's like you know you see a stranger out in the street do something fucking stupid, and you're like that guy's a fucking idiot. But you see a friend do something funny, you're like, ah, that's Bob. Yeah, that Bob's always you know, up to that crazy he, shit. He's nah. crazy. But the movie,
1: it, as good as it is, it's ridiculous, and I think that the Coens were self aware with that, and I think that that's why the narration worked because they're like. We're not serious. We're not seriously like, all right, so we're going to open up with narration and make sure that we're telling this properly. Like, even the narrator is like, look at me. I'm starting to ramble. (laughs) Who's uh, Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam. Everyone knows Sam Elliott. He's like, the dude here was, uh, sometimes there's a
0: man. I think it's funny how out of place it was. It's It's Sam Elliott as a cowboy narrating... A movie about a stoner in Los Angeles, yeah, (laughs) getting getting wrapped up into like a crime syndicate, like
1: yeah. And I think the funniest thing is during that narration opening, we're just kind of following a tumbleweed Mm -hmm. in like the desert, and it comes and it like stumbles into L.A., and then it stumbles in the streets, and then it finds its way to the ocean. The tumbleweed is the dude. It's just perfect symbolism right there because as you're watching the movie, the dude is just like in the middle of nowhere in the supermarket. Amos. And then, you know, at the midpoint in the movie, he's in the, running around the streets of L.A. after he gets like drugged. And then at the end of the movie, he does wind up on the beach. So he takes that same pattern as the tumbleweed.
0: Yeah, he's a very and he he's
1: bumbles a, his way through the entire film.
0: He's a very passive protagonist. Like most, he never really makes things happen. Other characters yeah. are kind of forcing him into different scenarios. Yeah, that was like one of my first notes here because you know I got my notes right here. Yeah,
1: I literally said great intro and in parentheses not main character energy because <laughs> like when you first meet your protagonist or antagonist. Usually there's some kind of not, it's not always like a big intro, but we literally open up to this guy in a bathrobe, putzing (laughs) around a Ralph's supermarket looking for half and half.
0: Well, your, your first impression of a, of a character is important. Yeah. His is so low energy and so like, so calm and like. Plus that
1: like, Music they had behind him, you're just like almost falling asleep,
0: yeah, he's a very he's very not boring he's just he's he's lazy he's, and he's just very a dude, he's very calm and stoner like yeah. so to have an intro where he's just kind of buying milk,
1: and not like stoners now of people who rip like wax pens, like this guy fucking rolled his own joints, it takes place in the early nineties he's got he's like what in his forties. Got like the long hair. I I, I can never guilty. really pinpoint
0: how old the dude is supposed yeah. to be, but how old uh, Jeff Burgess was like
1: in his 40s when yeah. they filmed it. Which was he did such a great fucking job with this. And I think that he was perfectly casted because he plays he doesn't play funny. Like I feel like if you got like a comedic actor, like and you know, like you know, Jim Carrey, he plays funny, he's wild, he's out of his mind. It works. I love Jim Carrey. But, like, to get, like, a, a more serious actor to take on this role, I think, was such a smart choice. And he goes through this movie just not trying to be funny. He's just confused. Like, I feel like Jeff Bridges saw the saw this movie for the first time and was like, I don't, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, I don't, <laughs> but he just, he fucking aced it.
0: Well, 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 some characters are funny on purpose. He, It's more funny to watch stuff happen to the dude. Yeah. Uh, but that's a testament to their character writing. They they know that the dude's not funny himself. The dude is funny because of the way he is. So, like, somebody like Jim Carrey, their character is being funny on purpose. Already then. Where the dude isn't a funny person. Like, he's... he's uh, lazy stoner he's not going around making jokes yeah so it's it's funny to to see things happen to him like oh yeah absolutely
1: i mean the only the only one who gets it worse than lebowski in this movie is his fucking car (laughs)
0: like
1: what i love about this movie is that it's continuously one step forward two steps back for him like, something good will finally happen to him, and the next scene, it will just, like, backtrack. Like, there's a scene where his car gets stolen. He finally finds the car, and in the next scene, he, like, crashes it into a dumpster. <laughs> so it's like, every good thing that happens, there's a bad thing.
0: Sometimes it's, like, one good thing and four bad things. Like, Yeah. Like, he finally gets laid, and then a, a P.I. They start beating the shit out of each other in the street
1: yeah like yeah he finally gets laid she's like i want a baby he's like no <laughs> no he's like let me let me tell you something about the dude you know i don't you know um coitus i think that yeah maybe, yeah coitus yeah man, coitus I, I do think that Cohen brothers are like some of the most genius filmmakers ever um what I love is that you really get the dynamic of the three main characters. It's Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, and Steve Buscemi. And I'm completely buying their friendship. But halfway into this movie, I was like, how are these guys friends? <laughs> like, Because it, it doesn't explain it, which is fine. I don't need to, a backstory of how they met. But they're all so different mm-hmm. that it's like, how the fuck do these guys hang out every day? Yeah, Walter's like, like
0: an uptight Vietnam vet, who's like who lives for
1: conflict. Every scene he's in, he's he's revving up the conflict,
0: instigating it most of the time. Yeah,
1: he's a hu- yeah, that's what it is He's a huge instigator. Whether it's like a minor conversation, where like the dude's yelling at him, you're waving a fucking gun around in Over the bowling the line. alley. Yeah, he's like, you're waving a fucking gun around in the bowling alley. He's like, I'm calmer than you are. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, waving the fucking gun around. Than you are, like he's getting under his skin, like that's what he does, and he does that the whole fucking movie. Every scene he's in, there's a problem, and it's fucking hilarious.
0: Nobody give a shit about the rules anymore.
1: Yeah. Some guy's foot went over the line when they were bowling. He goes,
0: over the line.
1: Market zero. He pulls out a pistol and goes, has the world gone crazy? Am I the only one who gives
0: a shit about the rules? You're about and to it's enter like, a world of pain.
1: And it's like you're holding a fucking gun <laughs> to a guy's head in a bowling alley. And you're like, has the world gone crazy? Do I only care about the rules? It's like, you're the whack job, man. But he Don't doesn't
0: roll see roll on Shabbos. Shobber Shabbos. Shobber Shabbos. Um...
1: And I also do think that what the Coen brothers do so well is there is you know the characters so well right away. Like like just the opening conversations of meeting these characters, like, all right, I got him down, I got him down, I got him down. When they're preparing the intro of the real Lebowski and... Philip Seymour Hoffman's characters walking the dude through all the achievements. It's like, it was like a 30 second scene, but you know what this dude's about before we even see him. And it's like, you get such a feel for the characters, like right off the bat. And they, it just, it speeds up the story. Yeah. Well, sit so in for more, you know,
0: good the, shit. The Cohen brothers have like, um, like a spooky attention to detail. Yeah. They are like, they have to be Nazis about their, their, their films. Cause it is so every little thing is important. Like we're watching Philip Seymour Hoffman describing the big Lebowski. And then as he rolls in, the door flies open. He rolls through in a wheelchair and he's holding a little tiny remote that opens the doors mm-hmm. in his house. And that tells you so much without like, yeah. More than you you could think. Like to to like a the the common man, it's just like all right, whatever. He has a fucking remote. But like as a writer, I can be like, okay, that that just that describes so much about this yeah. character. Like he's filthy, so filthy rich. All of his doors are mechanized. He yeah. has a remote because he doesn't feel like opening his own doors. <laughs> he like it's it's it, it. There's just so much there well, off know- of one little remote that they just gave him, and like. That's wild. That is a wild thing. Well,
1: there's a there's a scene, there's a uh one of my favorite scenes in this movie is a it's a dream sequence where the dude gets drugged and he's like dressed up as like a, a contractor or something or like a construction worker. I think it was a plumber. Oh, yeah, a plumber because of the porno. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch this fucking movie. And he's like marching down these like steps. And there's like lights on each sides of the steps and the music that's playing. There's a scene where the music goes like dun, 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 dun. And the lights on each steps match that tune. The lights go. Mm, 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 mm. And like everything synced up. And I never noticed that until I just watched it <laughs> just now. And I'm like, holy shit. Like every, like, and that's why their scenes flow so well all the time. Because again, they're like crazy about, all the minor attention to detail that you don't realize, but it's almost like in your subconscious mm-hmm. where it's like, this is all it's flowing so
0: smooth. Yeah. There's, and- there's a lot in good movies that is happening. And the point of it happening is that you don't know what's happening. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big Testament to, to a filmmaker. Cause you, you have to do things that people aren't going to notice to elevate your movie into the next level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I think is pretty funny, might be a spoiler, might not be. This whole movie, I don't want to say it's centered around bowling, but bowling is a huge aspect of this movie. 90% of the movie takes place in the bowling
0: alley, or has something to do with them trying to get back to bowling.
1: Yet you never see the dude roll once. (laughs) You never see him roll a bowling ball.
0: Not one time. Well, I, I, I thought, I wrote down, but uh, having bowling as a backdrop to the movie is, like, so in tune with what this movie is about. Like, it is the perfect yeah weird setting for this weird little movie because it's so important to the story for no reason. And it's like, it's just bowling.
1: Yeah, but and that yeah, and it goes in tune with everything else like when you're at a bowling alley. It's like It's I can't even explain it, but it's just you know what I, you
0: know what I wrote down it it's oddly beautiful in a way. Yeah. How absolutely absurd it is that they're bowling is so prevalent throughout yeah. the whole movie. It's like this it's the it's the perfect like stand like this movie's sitting on like a podium made of bowling and it's so simple that it it's 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 in a way fucking awesome yeah like there's a scene where the dude finally gets a chance to lay down and rest and he's laying on his new carpet uh with headphones and a walkman and a tape of just bowling noises yeah and <laughs> he's, he's just got a laying, big fat smile on his face laying he's laying like- there And you just hear the... Of the the pins. And it's just so unbelievably stupid that it's genius.
1: But, you know, I think about this a lot. As much as I love this fucking movie, I could never imagine myself being able to write something like this. Mm -hmm. Like, they hang out in the bowling alley. How can I make this fun? Like, how can I make it as interesting... As they made it, like again, you know, I'm not the fucking Cohen brothers, but <laughs> you're not. <laughs> Get the fuck out. But they just they do such a good job. I mean, they're like, I mean, I think personally, I think that they lost their touch a little bit.
0: Um, because they've I haven't seen a Cohen's brother movie. Well, they stopped working together, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they kind of Yeah, you know what? I want to maybe retract that statement because I didn't see it, but I think Joel Cohen just he came out with that Macbeth movie with Denzel and I wanted to see that. I heard amazing things about it. But from like after True Grit, it was in like the 2010s. They came out with some movies and I I wasn't really a fan. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe it's just me just being, like, picky or whatever. But I think from their first movie, Blood Simple was phenomenal. And they had a great run of, like, that, um, uh, you know, Raising Arizona, Fargo, Lebowski, Miller's Crossing, fucking, again, No Country for Old Men, which I loved. What time do you go to bed? (laughs) I loved the first half of no country for old men but i wasn't crazy with it's the way so, it ended
0: it's so long yeah uh, and it's uh, we
1: appreciate long movies but uh, calm down i don't not even
0: long to... in like a like a time stamp cuz it was so it was slow. it was slow <laughs> the way that
1: everyone moves it was just like you know the guy anton shigur's like I'm looking for Llewellyn Moss and just the lady, the desk clerk. He ain't here. What time does he get back? I can't tell you that. And you're like,
0: uh huh. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill someone. I get
1: someone. it. It's it's in the middle of nowhere in Texas. I but think, holy shit, can I, we?
0: I I think that's because we're New Yorkers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in rush mode by default. Yeah. It's like. Come on. It's like whenever I drive in any other state, I'm like, would you people get the fuck out of the way? Oh, God. You ever drive in Florida? I, 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 I avoided it. A few shit. times I've been in Florida, I go, somebody else drive, because I'm going to get fucking... I'm going to kill somebody. Flip out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, mean, no, I really. I, I occasionally go up to Maine, and driving up there makes me want to put a fucking gun in my mouth. I will say, uh, shout out to you Maine folk, you do know how to get the fuck out of the way. I got to give you that one. The second I, they see my shitty little Volkswagen Jetta in their rearview mirror, they fucking get out of the way.
1: Yeah. I've never driven to Maine, but I have gone to Canada. Yes, we have. Yeah. I don't know why I said I, I think you've, <laughs> You came there with me every time, I think.
0: I missed the second time. Cause oh, my, the second my, time
1: was just me and Cousin Joe. My
0: passport expired.
1: Yeah, and you're like, can't go. Can't go, huh? but You came with us the third time, and we got pulled over by, like, a state trooper. You were going, what, like 110? Oh, not
0: that fast. I'm like 90? <laughs> I was speeding, don't get me wrong. Yeah.
1: And, and You were just like, you know. We, we we smooth-talked well, our way out of it.
0: Well, luckily, my it was my mother's car, uh, and her car is covered in cop stickers, which usually doesn't work for State Troopers, but he was like, who's the cop? I was like, my mom. And <laughs> <I'm thinking laughs> he
1: goes, yeah, tell your mother I said, hey. He
0: All right, slow down.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, he, would, he looked younger than us. Yeah. He was like, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm just wearing this for Halloween.
0: How about trying to get back into the country? <laughs> hung over as absolute ball sack and uh the the checkpoint lady was like oh that interrogating was interrogating me and i was so hung over my She's brain like, what's your name you're like March oh, third oh i turned into you for a few seconds
1: yeah okay you know what so yeah that she moment, us a,
0: and then she what well, no yeah
1: go i was just saying yeah how you felt in that moment that's how i feel every day of my
0: constantly life. That, that's because you're hung over constantly have some marinara sauce on my shirt. Yeah, you fucking disgusting pig. Yeah, she was like grilling me with questions and my brain was just incapable of keeping up because of the amount of alcohol running through my veins it's still. And I was just like, uh, uh. And then she just stops, stares at me and goes, are you high? I was like, no, no, just stupid. Just just dumb. Are you smuggling drugs into the country? I was like, no, I don't think so. No, not no. Me? Me? my mom's a cap you know what tripped me up is she asked me um she said something she said she asked me if we were coming or going and it stopped me in my tracks I went both yeah we're leaving one country to go into the next yeah so yes we are going we're just gonna keep circling around the fucking (laughs) checkpoint yeah we're gonna enter a space time wormhole (laughs) like Um, no I'm only coming uh, but I'm not leaving Canada (laughs)
1: I get... Wow, all right. What the fuck was that? Calm yourself. I I get those trips, like, they're all balled into one. <laughs> I remember one Halloween, we already told this, but I went as Jack Sparrow. The that was next, the first one. Yeah, the next year I was with Joe. I went as Indiana Jones, but I had lost the bullwhip. <laughs> so, like... Probably for the better. <laughs> but But I was at this club... And like everyone there was like, what are you like? The guy from Brokeback Mountain? I was like, no, I'm Indiana Jones. Am no, I okay. that
0: gay? I, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm Indiana Jones. No, but I kept
0: having to say it. Like all these girls, they were like, they were like uh, what the fuck? No, I'm not Brokeback yeah. Mountain. I'm just making out with a dude. Yeah. Get over here.
1: But no, we and then, your dick. but everyone was saying that. And I was like, no, I'm Indiana Jones. And every single person went, where's the whip? I was like, I, I lost it. <laughs> And everyone just thought I was a gay cowboy, which I think by the end of the night, someone asked me, like, what are you supposed to be? I was like, I'm a fucking gay cowboy. You, you want to make out or what, gay?
0: <laughs> That's not the gayest thing you ever did in Canada, though. Shh. <laughs> we don't talk about Rudy. Was that his name? Remember the guy with the, the apple? Oh, protein? shit. <laughs> I
1: thought you were just making a joke. Yeah, no, 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 no. Stop. Stop. No,
0: why not? Fucking fruit salad man fruit salad Charlie ate a um a, a man <laughs> <laughs> he ate a man's ass no I didn't no he, he ate an apple that a, a man was wearing as a bikini top <laughs>
1: fuck <laughs> uh, oh shit we lost. we lost you let me know when
0: and we're back little technical difficulties.
1: All right, well, Keegan, fuck, I really did forget about this for years. Keegan brought (laughs) up a fruit salad. So we were in Canada. We were, our friend Jack, the Jew ghost of Spooky Park, (laughs) took us to a party. And it was in some apartment, a big place. And I was it like, was
0: like a, it was like a block party. It was yeah. two different apartments, both having and we kept hopping
1: back and forth.
0: At some point, uh, we I was in one apartment, and you were in the other, and we were looking for each other. And we were doing the Looney Tunes thing where I'd run to one apartment and you'd run to, back yeah. to the other one, and we kept passing each other in the street like a like an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> just right past each other, like. But where the <laughs> fuck is this guy?
1: <laughs> but what happened was I went up to Jack. I'm like yo. T- Where's the, who's hosting this fucking party? He's like, oh, my friend, and it was some Asian chick, and I was like, hey, I was like, I'm wasted. I don't know my way around here. I was like, you got any food or something? I'm starving. She goes, when Charlie
0: oh, drinks, he becomes ravenous. Absolutely disgusting amounts of food go into his body when he drinks, and he's like a he's like a fucking werewolf. He's like. <laughs> I, never, I need food. I get hungry. You get like start like castaway levels of hungry. <laughs> well,
1: shit. So, I was like, "You got any food?" She goes, "Hold on." So this girl pulls out a jug of orange juice from the fridge. Said, "The fuck is that?" She's like, "This is all I have." I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" So I like, I'm like watching everyone play beer pong, and I'm my back's to the wall, and I'm just like. Dying, and then I see this um, this gay guy, and he was wearing. I I don't think he was gay. Are you fucking kidding me? He was wearing. He was
0: wearing. He wasn't like getting butt fucked in the middle of the party. I don't know why you acting like. Yeah, he was. Why? Did you hear my conversation with him? Uh, No. Okay.
1: Well, here here I go. This guy walks in. No, he didn't walk in. He's been there for a while. He was wearing like a thong or some kind of G string with like half a pineapple over his cock. And then he He had had uh, had,
0: had a tiki skirt.
1: Oh, is that what it was? The
0: straw, like uh, Hawaiian skirt.
1: And then he had a bikini top made out of two halves of an apple. (laughs) And he had like some, some, he had glitter on him. There was glitter. I remember there was glitter. And I remember. Just got
0: on a shift at the uh, pineapple club. Yeah. Uh, I dance over there for. Tips.
1: So I was fucking starving. Well, I was and, fucking him. So I fucked him up the <laughs> ass. No, so I go up to him. I go, hey, buddy, what's up? He's like, nothing. I'm like, uh, "Here," I said, here's what's going to go down. Um, I'm fucking starving. <laughs> and there's no food here. And you got fruit. <laughs> he goes, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I said, so here's what's going to happen. You're not going to move. I'm going to lean in and I'm going to take a bite. (laughs) He goes, which side? I'm like the left. He goes, my left. I said, my left. Just don't fucking move. So I don't know why I didn't just grab it off him. I was just (laughs) drunk and not think maybe I was horny. I was just like, don't move. So I lean in and I go to take a bite of this apple And someone bumped into me and my mouth, and he was sweating. (laughs) It was hot in this apartment. There was like a hundred people in it. And I just went, oh, my mouth just slipped right on his chest. (laughs) This is wet, but I managed to get some of the apple and it was fucking disgusting. (laughs) So I went up to you and I said, hey, uh,
0: and I think you saw, I'm like, do you want me to tell my perspective of the story?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Because sure. it was
0: much different. I didn't know you had a conversation with the guy. I was, the, the the apartment was at the top of these really long and really oddly angled stairs. Yeah. and So I, it was like climbing Mount Everest. I finally make it up these fucking stairs. I'm like on the verge of barfing. Uh, not because I was drunk, but because I was drinking Bailey's straight out of the bottle. He's a diabetic. He shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and uh, I crawl up these steps. I get to the top, and all I see is like it was like in slow motion. I just see you, your open mouth, just ah. <laughs> <laughs> like you were like mesmerized. You were like you saw the apple, and you're like, I'm going in, and you just ah. <laughs> took a giant bite like you're you're like i was like a dinosaur i was like like, yeah like a lion just ripping off the the meat of a carcass (laughs) (laughs)
1: well i had to it was was like glued to like a bikini top thing it was like (laughs) glued to him it was glued to his sweaty (laughs) sweaty chest hair so that only made me more hungry that only made
0: me more horny
1: (laughs) so i got a boner and i walk out of the apartment And then we found that little Asian dude running that food cart who I ran into two years in a row. He was outside just on the sidewalk, like fucking with like noodles. And I pulled out like a shitload of money. I'm like, "Uh, you got food? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, give me food. And I just threw that's like becoming a habit of mine where I'll just throw X amount of dollars at someone when I'm drunk. I'm like, food. And I also like,
0: want to point out how stupid the question was, because that's all he had. Was like, food. He was standing in front of a dark Chinese foods like restaurant with a cart and a single lamp over him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just three trays of food, and you went, uh, give me that. Yeah. And he was—he just scooped it all into a to-go container.
1: The next year when I went back, I don't know if you were there that time. No. I ran into him again, and I was like, remember me? and he was like he goes huh and then i was like hey food and i threw money at him and he goes oh <laughs> and i was like dude you got to let me take a picture with you yeah he's like no and i just fucking did it anyway i was like yeah i was like get over here you, you chinese
0: fucker what are you just stop me yeah right i was like give me a, ah. It was also paish the sandwich king of canada who remember paish oh, oh when you went to a tim hortons
1: no the subway Oh, ew, this motherfucker ate, like, cold clam chowder from Subway. It wasn't cold, dipshit. It's it, disgusting.
0: It, 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 they heated up. You ate soup from Subway. I, just, I can't imagine doing that. It's the same ingredients as the sandwich you ate. What the fuck are you talking about? It just looked gross. What do you think, they make it in the toilet? <laughs> and they might. Not Paish, man. He's the sandwich king of North America. Paish did very good at making soup. He also made sandwiches. That's and why he's he said sandwich
1: sandwiches. Game. He was based there,
0: there was that weird cult in the bar.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Dude,
0: Canada's fucked up. Well, it is when we go there. Yeah. Anyway, the movie. <laughs> yeah, well... what were we saying? I, I was worried that we were going to go way over time talking about this movie, and we just spent like 10 minutes talking about our drunken stupors. Stupers through a
1: different country yeah i want to ask you a question yeah what about the movie did you not like were there any aspects of this where you were just like i could do without this
0: not really i think the dream sequences kind of drag a little yeah there's like three of those yeah and they they it's a really abrupt uh pause of of the plot and the like general pace. Yeah,
1: you kind of lose your momentum cuz you're like I know none of this is yeah, real. It, like, it take me
0: back. It it well, it just plot-wise, I think cuz there's a lot of good jokes in them. There's yeah. a lot of good callbacks And the, By the way, this this movie's the king of callbacks. I, I want to Oh yeah. I want to touch on that a little in a little bit, but uh they just drag. They just go on for a little too long and they're they're kind of weirdly paced compared to the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's not like there wasn't anything fun or interesting going on in them. It's just like, I it it doesn't help that I've seen it like thirty times. Like the first yeah. time you're watching it, and you're and you don't know how long it's gonna last. It's fine. Yeah. But I when mean, you've seen it a couple times and you know exactly how much longer you have to watch Saddam Hussein clean uh, yeah. <laughs> bowling shoes, <laughs> I think um,
1: production wise it was done very well. But yeah, I mean, I could, I could. Yeah,
0: I couldn't imagine the movie without them. Yeah. And it, it's really funny like how they happen. Like one of them happens when he gets he's laying on the carpet listening to bowling noises. Uh Maud Lebowski breaks into his house and one of the one of her goons just knocks him clean out. Yeah. And he's like hallucinating, like banging her while <laughs> while they steal the carpet from underneath yeah, him. Again. And then he wakes up the next morning, he hasn't moved an inch, but the carpet's just gone. Yeah, he's like, Oh man. Oh, man. But um, and the other one was like a drug induced, yeah. hallucination. Yeah, they weren't like poorly done or anything. I it's just that was
1: my Jesus phone. Christ.
0: Like I said, see, watching the movie as many times as I, I have, you're you're just kind of like, yeah. All right, can we get back to it? Yeah, come on.
1: <laughs> but um, I think that the Coen Brothers, I think they're probably. I know this is like, you know, we get hard for this stuff. But I think the Coen brothers probably do the best job at infusing all different comedy styles into one. Also Mm -hmm. with like keeping the plot going forward and like they're never really – it's rare that they will break from the plot to make jokes. Yeah, well – They did it
0: in this movie. There's not – Alone. I don't I don't think that there's too many jokes happening. Like there's very few times where it's like this is a setup punchline joke. It's more so like just how the characters interact with the world. That's funny. That's where the comedy comes from. And I think that's just we love this movie so much because that's just like our favorite kind of comedy where yeah. it's like it's not initially really not initially like a ha, that's a funny thing. It's like you have to think about it for a second, and then you're like, that's stupid and hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, the very few times is it... Like, the humor comes from how the characters interact with each other, uh, especially considering how different they all are from one another. Yeah. And uh, how they interact with, like, the world and, and the plot that's happening. Yeah. Like, they point out that the dude is is only involved in this because he's a bum. Yes. And And they wanted him to be like a fall guy.
1: And they made that abundantly clear. And then he proved his own point. Yeah. He's like, you made me take the fall because you know that, you know, I'm just some broke bum. And then the rich guy's like, aren't you? Yeah, he goes, well,
0: yeah, (laughs) but. Or I I love the two Lebowskis. I love their contrast, just how absolutely different they are. Like, Like, um. The big Lebowski's sitting in front of a fire with like orchestra music playing and he's crying that his wife got kidnapped. And the dude's just sitting there. He's like, You mind if I do a J? And he just puts a blunt in his whole yeah. the whole, whole blunt in his mouth, just and just like goes to light it. And he's like, It's a fucking bummer, man. That's, that's a and he's bummer. like he's like, that's What is bummer, he's like, what does it mean to be a man, Mr. Lebowski? He's like, Is it doing pa- the right thing? That and a pair of testes, and he's like lighting a joint. Yeah, he's like Bummer. It's a bummer. The bums lost, Lebowski. The Bums yeah. always lose. And what what I love
1: also is that in Cohen Brothers movies, there rarely, there are like never two characters that are the same. Yeah. And you know, a big thing in writing is like if you for the for like 80% of it, if you have two characters with like, you know, similar motives and similar mindsets, then you really only need one character. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And
0: unless they're unless they each bring something. Yeah. But something has to be
1: unique. There's no point at having these two characters that share the same goals, kind of just nodding each other through the movie. You could really do it with one.
0: Yeah, well we've said uh obviously before, but just like in general (laughs) with writing that uh conflict drives movies. Yeah. That goes Uh, for hundred percent. That goes for characters too. Even characters that are kind of on the same side, uh some one of the best character relationships you can have is a character foil where two characters are completely different and a lot of their conflict and a lot of what makes them interesting is how that affects their interactions. Yeah. This movie is just absolutely riddled with it. It it's it it's soaked into the DNA of this movie.
1: But you remember you remember every character no matter how big or small the part is, like Brant, the assistant mm-hmm. of the big Lebowski. He has a minor part but just the way that they created him and the way he conducts himself it's such a memorable part like my older brother is not really a movie guy but when he quotes the big lebowski he's quoting brand who's like had like maybe five minutes of screen
0: time <laughs> I was like, oh you didn't go to college yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy's wife is like i'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars he's like marvelous marvelous we brand just can't watch or he has to pay a hundred.
0: <laughs> let me just go uh let me just go find a money machine.
1: Yeah, let me find a cash machine. But even Sam Elliott's character who was in it for like 30 seconds. Like you remember him in that
0: movie. Or uh Maud's friend, the, the video artist. Oh, with the pencil mustache yeah, who he's just pretty, laughed? He knows. He, yeah, he's, he's, just... <laughs>
1: oh, he's like, who the fuck is this guy, man? <laughs>
0: But there you go, That the, the, the humor comes from the dude having to interact with this fucking weirdo who just keeps laughing at everything he does. He's like yeah. making a Caucasian, he's like staring it next to him, and he's looking at a at, at, at this like EP, this like vinyl record, and the guy's just next to him going, oh, who the fuck is this guy, yeah, man?
1: But I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, that a lot of the humor comes from just this bum, this plain dude interacting with all these eccentric characters. Think about how many scenes are in this movie that the dude isn't in. Mm -hmm. He's in like every single scene because all of the good stuff comes from him interacting. We are the dude following him through this journey when he's even standing next to that guy. And he's like, who the fuck is this guy? Where? Like, yeah, who the fuck is that? (laughs) Why is he there? Like, you know, the dude gets his car stolen. He walks out into the parking lot. He's like, where's my fucking car? And we don't know. We're like, yeah, where is your fucking car? It's like when he finds out every tidbit of information, so do we. And I, that's what I love about movies. Like It's so rare to have that now because there are so many movies that are coming out where I'm like, I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's like I like you should never really know something that the main character doesn't know. Because when they find out, I mean, for the most part, when they find out, you're like, yeah, yeah we knew that already. You know? there,
0: there's there's instances where it's needed. Yeah, like if we, it's like
1: a you know you're trying to find like a well trying to find your kidnapped friend and we know where it is but the mm-hmm, character doesn't can, then you're like find it find it. But
0: costing, well it's it's so rare that we have names for it. it's called dramatic irony. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not supposed to be something done by accident. Yeah, which is a uh, an issue with movies nowadays is they just kind of stumble into shit. Yeah, and uh, I think it's uh, it, again back to the Coen Brothers just insane eye for detail yeah um there's no part of a movie that should be happening by accident because it's entirely uh fabricated it you know there's no movie there's nothing in a movie that is done unintentionally or by accident yeah um at least there shouldn't be if there is a lot of the time there is but um what i mean is that you're not watching unlike real life you're not watching something just happen you're, you're watching somebody intentionally making that thing happen. Yeah. So um, you really shouldn't, you should, you should be caring about it and you should be really tuning into all those little things that, that make it better than just watching like real life unfold.
1: Yeah. And, and they have such a style to them. I mean, and again, one of my top things about them is watch any Coen's Brothers movie. They waste zero time jumping into their plot so they can pack up their movie with as much like juicy shit as possible the opening line in the movie fargo is steve buscemi going wait you want your own wife kidnapped (laughs) that's the opening line and you're just like oh shit this guy wants his own wife kidnapped the big lebowski (laughs) oh pray tell yeah a big Lebowski opens up with him buying half and half, and then he goes home and immediately gets his head slammed into a toilet bowl by these goons. Where's the money, shithead? Yeah. Fargo. I mean, uh, No Country for Old Men opens up with the villain, the antagonist, getting arrested. And then he's in the police station, sneaks up behind a cop, and chokes him out with handcuffs. Like, they jump right in. My my favorite opening is Raising Arizona. It just opens up to a wall, and Nick Cage gets, like, shoved into the frame. <laughs> With like, you know, he's getting his mug shot taken. He's like, and it's just, and he's like, my name's H.I. McDonough. And it's just like, okay, he just got thrown in jail. What the fuck? Like, you know, you're not seeing him lead up into committing a crime and doing whatever. It's like, yeah, this asshole just got thrown in jail. Let's start. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that because it's, they're quick with their exposition, basically, is what I like. They don't waste too much time with it.
0: Well, they just know how to apply it,
1: correct? Yeah. Which not a lot of people do. You ever see a movie and it's just like a first act just do going like this? and It's like first act, first act, first act. Ending. Boop. Yes. Fucking painful.
0: Every Marvel movie. <laughs> you
1: gotta fix something, Marvel. And I mean, every fucking time I try to watch one of your movies. What are we doing here?
0: Garbage.
1: Garbage.
0: Um... can't see <laughs> I'm intentionally hiding from you.
1: Boy, he's hiding behind this thing.
0: Ah. Um, what else we got? You know what I wanted to talk about? What do you want to talk about? I wanted to talk about, um, Yeah. yeah. this movie specifically, the use of, not slurs, but like, you know, like, uh, Chinaman, Chinaman, uh, Kraut, Kraut was, a- <laughs> you tell that fucking Kraut. <laughs> i don't roll on
1: shabbos
0: (laughs) um i think this movie is a great example about how uh you know like colorful language like that can be used yeah uh for good because Mm -hmm. there's there's first of all a ton of great jokes that aren't don't make anyone a victim yeah like uh Never are they making fun of the people they're they're using slurs against. But I know a lot of people just think that like these words should never be said and they should never be uttered for any context ever. But there's a lot of really good examples about how these kind of words can be used, um,
1: not playfully, but well,
0: in a, in a way that makes fun of the words themselves. Yeah, like, um, uh, woo is the guy that pees on on. The dude's rug. So when he he retells the story to Walter, he's like, "The fucking this Chinaman peed on my rug," and Walter goes, "He goes, yeah, dude, that is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, American, please." And then five seconds later, he goes, "It's not about the fucking Chinaman." Yeah. (laughs) I and mean, the
1: joke, like that's the nobody's joke. making
0: fun of the Asian guy. The, the, the Walter is the joke. Yeah, he's <laughs> Wal- a
1: psychopath. Walter's immediately... a
0: psycho and a hypocrite, and <laughs> he can't stay consistent for more than five seconds. Yeah, it's,
1: and that's a great character trait where you have to pay attention. Is like he Walter the the one of the supporting roles played by um, John Goodman. He's trying so hard to be this. Other guy, I guess, to possibly prove something to his ex wife. <laughs> yeah. Who we never meet, by the way, but like they've yeah. been divorced. You meet her Pomeranian. For- yeah. They were married. They got married. I remember in the movies, like, you got married six years ago and you've been divorced for five. <laughs> so it's like
0: my wife asked me to watch her Pomeranian while she go fucks her boyfriend and cowboy tell her to fuck off yeah
1: and you could just see that like he wants to be this better person to maybe prove that to her but like within seconds he jumps back into being this vietnam vet lunatic you
0: know, you know what's funny about walter too is he really brings out like a more vicious side of the dude like the dude is uh which a uh, testament to both the characters the dude is more he's so chill and laid back And Walter brings out this side of him that is just, like, venomous.
1: Because he's that instigator.
0: Like, that line I just quoted was the dude. Like, you would never guess that from how we've described him. But he's like, well, if if my wife asked me to watch her Pomeranian while she goes out to Cabo and fucks her boyfriend, i tell her to fuck off. Yeah. it's like, like, That's the only character that can bring that out of the dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that is, it makes you kind of wonder, like, is that the side of Walter's ex-wife that he brought out, too? was he bringing that out to her and that's why they got divorced like and that's and it's all great character development without beating you over the head with it it makes you think you need to watch movies that make you think you don't want to just sit there like this and fucking know everything like i like to wonder and want mm-hmm. to know and i like to this is a movie where you're like how is this shit going to end like those are the movies you gotta watch where you can't predict the ending. Like I see movie trailers and I'm like, oh, so that's gonna happen.
0: You know what I mean? It's, it's- Yeah, this this movie's kind of a special because you know what's funny about it is the dude predicts what's gonna happen like ten minutes into the movie. Like
1: yeah. He lays
0: out what really happened. And it's almost a way to like sneak around being predictable is he says what's gonna happen, but then Constantly throughout the movie, other characters are making him question his own judgment. Yeah. So he's like, Oh, well, she obviously kidnapped herself. And but then a character will be like, Well, this happened, and he'll be like, Oh wait, so maybe she didn't kidnap herself? Yeah. And in the end, she kidnapped herself. It's like Yeah. It it it's 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 a really interesting way to kind of subvert expectations to just blatantly say what's gonna happen, but then plant seeds of doubt throughout both your characters and
1: your viewers. Well, the funniest shit was she, like, she didn't even kidnap herself.
0: Well, that's what I mean. It's like, they're, uh, she kind of did, but kind of didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um,
0: but he basically, what he says is pretty much what happened. She,
1: yeah. All like a, and I like how these other characters are like, well, maybe not. And he, and the dude is the type of guy who can't really form his own thoughts. <laughs> like, again, with the callbacks, a lot of his dialogue is, like, regurgitating other things that he hears. Here. So when he comes up with his own opinion and there's a small chance he could be wrong, he'll ride off someone else's thing. But then Walter will be like, yeah, but you said she probably kidnapped herself. He's like, yeah, but, but, but that was before, you know? And then he's like, fuck it, you know? And it's like he's – the dude is so easily influenced because he's like a pacifist and he's such just – again, he's a tumbleweed. He just kind of –
0: He's blown by the wind yeah, easily exactly. in, in any direction. So
1: when he thinks something is this way, and the wind pushes him over here, until the wind pushes him over here, until you know it, he just rides it out. And that's what we do in this movie. We just we're just along for the ride.
0: It's it's a very it's it's a really interesting thing that the the plot of this movie is very meandering. It's very random, and yeah. there's no real push towards an end. It's just kind of event after event after event, and there's very little to connect any of them. But it's it's enough that you can understand what's happening. Yeah, like one minute they're they're dropping off the money for the ransom, the next they're driving to a fifteen year old's house to to get that money back, and it's like the money connects those two scenes, but those two scenes have absolutely nothing yeah. to do. There's no connection other than the fact that dude got his car stolen. Yeah. With the money in the car, um, but yeah, this movie is, a, it's a a, a master class on callbacks, and a, a, it's a the plot itself is so weirdly like braided. It's like so many different things are happening, but you won't. Something will happen, and it won't make, and it won't be contextual. Until twenty minutes later, in a completely separate scene, Uh and you know, like, like Maud Lebowski, who's the Big Lebowski's daughter, um, sends the dude to a doctor because he got punched in the mouth, and she's really adamant on the doctor yeah, for no reason. He's thorough, and then he's very thorough. Just as the movie's going along, you, you don't even. She just shows up at his house, bangs him, and then she's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to have a baby," and he's like, "What's up?" Yeah, <laughs> and it's like this has nothing to do with the plot but it's weaved in so well that like i didn't even really notice yeah like
1: like, and then he's like oh that's why you wanted me to go to the doctor She's like yes
0: or the the dream sequences too are another good example where it's a lot of random shit smushed together but it's shit that's been happening throughout the movie like the movie opens like the movie takes place in the 90s when you know we Iraq with Saddam Hussein yeah I think so and Saddam Hussein appears in the dude's (laughs) dream sequence because he's like in he's just like it's like a a a mush of all the things that are going on and he's and it's like this big musical number because Maud's an artist yeah and everyone's dressed up in bowling attire and it's all in the context of a porno because Jackie Shreehorn makes porn and and, and bunnies in in the it, she's the actress in the porn. And it's all these weird thi- like all these jokes are smashing into each other. Yeah. In such like
1: a unique way. Yeah.
0: It's it's very unique to the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen any other movie attempt. Especially a comedy movie. Like it was like a very
1: yeah, and we just want to say also when this movie did come out in '98, it was horror. It was horribly received. It. I don't even think it made back its budget. Um, and because the year prior, Fargo came out and the Coen Brothers got the Oscar, I believe for best screenplay and maybe something else. Um. So the next year, they came out with the Big Lebowski, and I'm sure everyone was like, oh shit, like what's going down? And then they saw the Big Lebowski, and they were like, oh. But over time, I mean, it it became like everyone knows the dude. The dude abides. Dude abides.
0: You know there's a whole religion based on the dude? Have You ever heard of this? (laughs) I'm down. Yeah. Actually,
1: uh... I have a picture of us dressed up as the dude and Walter on Halloween.
0: Mine's over there somewhere. Oh, is it? Took it on disposable camera.
1: Yeah, Kodak. Picture that on a Kodak.
0: I had a, I had an airsoft gun that looked spookily real that yeah. I used as a prop.
1: I was drinking white Russians all
0: night. And there was, a, there was a shitload of people that we didn't know, so I just kept pulling out this prop handgun. Yeah. <laughs> going, I don't fucking roll on Shabbos! Am I the only one who gives a shit about the rules? And at some point, Serena was like, you need to stop pulling that out because someone's going to think it's real. Yeah. <laughs> And they were like, you need to stop screaming. I'm like, nah, man, I'm in character.
1: And then my brother Nick and his friend Brock showed up. Brock was pushing Nick in a CBS shopping cart. And he like rolled him into the garage. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, we found a shopping cart by tex Like,
0: awesome, dude. Yeah, that's their shopping cart.
1: Yeah, that's their shopping cart. You should
0: give it back. It says
1: CBS on it. <laughs> Fucking dunce.
0: Um, another, you know, I, yeah. another thing I noticed, um, more so I was kind of paying attention this watch around was there's a lot of, um, background noise in this, um, movie. Not, not, not not like in a bad way, but like, um, there's the, the scene after Walter pulls a gun out on Smokey in the bowling alley. Uh, the scene is just kind of them going to the car and talking about it. And in the background, a cop car pulls up, lights going, cops yeah. running out. And no nobody really, like, the two of them don't pay any attention to it. The camera doesn't pay any attention to it. Nobody's really supposed to pay any attention to it. But you can clearly see it's happening behind Yeah. It. And not in, there's something, I, I, I don't know how they pulled it off, but I know that, like, there have been less, you know, impactful movies to me that have done that same thing. I don't know how they did it differently is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's not like a complicated or unique thing, but like,
1: you know what they did? They, they trusted the viewer.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? It's, oh yeah. It's like completely out of focus. You can barely tell what's going on.
1: Yeah. They were just kind of like, they'll notice if they fucking notice Mm -hmm. they like put their faith into the viewer. They're like, if they see it, they see it. And that's why you can watch this movie over and over because it's jam-packed with shit like that Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, man, like, dude, I just watched it and there was something I didn't know. Like, it's every single time. It's just these little things are, you know, comes together to make a great fucking movie. I mean, even when there's a quiet scene where the two cops go to the dude's house and he's like, yeah, my car was stolen. The whole time he's holding that phone that just keeps <laughs> ringing because it's the big Lebowski trying to call him about his wife. So what was just going to be a boring, quiet scene, the phone just keeps ringing and you're kind of like, dude, they've been calling you for hours. Answer the fucking phone. And he's like, my rug was stolen, too. They're like, oh, your rug was in the car. He's like, no, that was here. They're Like, oh, separate incidents. <laughs> and then Maud calls him, Mr. Lebowski, it's Maud. I'm the one who stole your rug well, we can close the case on that one. It's fucking genius, man. I love it. I mean, to this day, it remains one of my favorite fucking movies.
0: It It's like criminally good.
1: Yeah, and like I've, t- and because my my dad's a pretty big movie guy and, you know, we always talk about comedies and stuff. Um, and I tell him like, yeah, The Big Lebowski is just one of my favorites. And he was like, He's like, yeah, I remember I saw that with you. He's like, I I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. He goes, I I don't know if I'd call it like the the funniest, though. I'm like, yeah, that's because you only saw it once. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's one of those things where when you know the characters, it's again, it's that much more funny. Like, the dude is in the bath and he's taking a bath listening to whale noises with like candles around him and he's smoking a J. And then he gets like a message on the phone. It's like, oh, this is the police department. We found your car. And he's like, oh, far. Oh, and then he hears like banging and he like peers down the hallway and these guys broke into his house and they just start smashing shit and they take like he's just ferret. smashing the
0: shit out of his out of his answering machine yeah, and then, mid-message so he's like what? he's
1: like what and then they like take a ferret and throw it in the bathtub and they like hold him down in the water he's like what the fuck
0: Nice marmot dude
1: nice marmot and then walter's like you know if you're domesticating you know, and he's the, like owning, a mammal like that, uh, you know, that's illegal too. An Aquatic like, mammal. <laughs> yeah. Like, Why do you give
0: a shit about the fucking marmot? <laughs> he's like, that's not legal, dude.
1: <laughs> but yeah, this
0: movie I you know I loved that uh every time the dude was smoking a J, it was like the very tail end of it. Yeah, he was like, had it with the fucking thing. The thing where it was like to a point where it was like that has to be burning your fingers. Like yeah, he's th- always th- like
1: he's holding it with like the, the tweezer things, I forget what they're called, and he's like But it's like, how are your lips
0: not on fire? It's just he gets every little centimeter out of his chase. And
1: And what I've noticed, too, is the dude is not a wealthy person. Oh, really? So what's funny is like whatever source of income he's getting, you can see through his apartment that he's spending money on shit that he likes, (laughs) not shit that he needs. Like his bar counter is always stocked.
0: But he only drinks one thing. Yeah, so it's stocked with vodka and Kalua. Yeah, but it's half half. it's
1: stocked. He's got this big poster of like a famous bowler.
0: That was President Nixon, by was, the way. Was
1: that Nixon? Yeah. I wasn't looking that hard.
0: Yeah, I notice it every time I watch it. It's Uh-oh. a it's a picture of President Nixon bowling.
1: So I mean, either way, that's why would you buy that? you know so it's like
0: because he's obsessed with bowling
1: yeah but his car is like shot to shit his apartment's a mess and then the landlord comes he's like hey dude it's already the 10th just slip the rent under my door he's like oh yeah far out it's like dude pay your rent stop buying posters of nixon going bowling stop buying Kahlua. but yeah it's funny to see how he's like you know this is my one life i'm living this how i want to live it fuck it
0: Taking it easy for all us sinners. Yeah. the dude. I wouldn't call him a hero, but... <laughs> yeah, sometimes there's a man. There's a man. But yeah,
1: I did like that narration. Take one of them
0: good, good s- sarsaparillas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Elliott was so weird in this movie. Yeah. He was like breaking the fourth wall, and he was just like staring at the camera like... The dude abides.
1: I like that. I like that. <laughs> I love when he's, like, just looking at the dude. He goes, I like your style, dude.
0: I like uh, I like your style, too, And then he goes, huh. the whole cowboy thing?
1: He goes, dude, let me ask you a question. You gotta cuss so much. <laughs> he goes, what the fuck are you talking about?
0: Yeah, that should be the tagline for our podcast. Yeah. Cuss so much. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I would rate...
1: I would rate this movie solid like give it like a solid eight point five.
0: Oh, I give it a ten. Yeah. I I could watch this movie eighty times in a row and not Yeah. Enjoy myself every single time.
1: Just trying to think of like But you know what? I I, In my head though, I'm like, well, I just rated this an eight point five. What would be a ten?
0: I don't know, you tell me. I rated it a (laughs) ten. I think It may also just be, like, tailor-made to our sense of humor. Like, I I could see how somebody wouldn't find it as funny as we do. Yeah. It's a very slow, methodical kind of humor. It's a very...
1: it's not, like, in your face. Like, you got a movie like Step Brothers. I love Step Brothers. But that humor is very, like, in your face. You're like, Mm. I'm going to put my ball sack on a drum set. And it's fucking hilarious. And they beat the shit out of each other, get attacked by a German shepherd and club each other with baseball bats it's like yeah that's psycho funny but the humor in this it was so like it wasn't you know again just you know that's
0: the other here's thing here's a
1: joke it was very like yeah it was that that's a, the, humor, the, the humor way the movie
0: the humor derives from the characters themselves it's yeah. not so much it's even you know like uh i even hesitate to even call it a comedy most of the time yeah right um, it doesn't really fit too well into the comedy genre, in my opinion. But if you it, think
1: of comedy, you think, you know, uh, slipping on the banana peel. Yeah, stuff. I think
0: it jokes, but this movie, yeah. it doesn't really do jokes. It, it's just, it, it is a plot, it is a story, and it is
1: it's f- all funny of, while it's happening. It's all of his inconveniences. Yeah. That are just, you know, becoming more, I mean, like... In one of the opening scenes, he's like, my car's gone. Where'd my car go? And then at the end, he walks out of the bowling alley and his car is on fire. <laughs> Not like smoking. Like, it is in flames. It is engulfed in flames.
0: The, the, German, and, the German guys are staying in front We want the money, Lebowski. Yeah,
1: it's like, without without ransom, there... Yeah, what did, what did Walter say? He's like, there's
0: no... Oh, they're, they're like, we're going to kill the girl. He's like, you never had the fucking girl. Yeah, he goes, without a hostage, there is no ransom. <laughs> some, well, we still want the some. fucking money.
1: <laughs> Steve Buscemi's like, I, I got $30. <laughs> like,
0: Walter, we're going to get out of this cheap. I got $4. I've got $18. i have got $18. Got, I got 18 What's mine is mine. <laughs> 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 fucking launches the bowling ball yeah. into the one guy's nuts. And then like Bites, bites the other and, one's ear off. Bites his ear off and... Fucking Come on, I'll fuck, fuck you, I'll fuck you, I'll fuck, I'll you, fuck you, I'll fuck you. Bam!
1: <laughs> yeah, this movie, I, f- I mean, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, if we do have a good... I mean, whoever does follow us, like, I noti- I do notice, you know, the same accounts liking our shit. Thank you. Um, I mean, they gotta be into movies, so I'm sure they've seen it, but if you haven't, watch this fucking movie. Everyone if, if watch movie. Even if you don't think... It's the funniest movie. It, it will 100% hold your interest and leave you wondering what the fuck is going to happen.
0: It's, it's the antithesis to my main issue with comedy movies, where it's a lot of comedy forgets. It's a it's a story. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a movie first and a comedy second. How,
1: how can we make this movie so funny and keep people laughing? People like fart jokes, right? Yeah. <laughs> fart jokes. <laughs> Dude, you know what jokes I fucking hate laid on me? Dick jokes.
0: Do you know how many dick jokes we make? (laughs)
1: Yeah, but like I'm talking where like the punchline in a movie is either. Have you seen our podcast? (laughs) I know we did the Forrest Gump bit last week, but that's because we were making fun of Forrest Gump. But I mean like in a movie, like I've seen movies. There was this movie I watched with Serena and one of like the main jokes was like. Was like the guy had a big dick, but I'm like, that's cool good for him but it's not funny mm-hmm. and they kept trying to just beat you over the head with his dick no with these jokes and it's like it's that not hammers. funny though or it's the opposite where it's like his dick is so small it's like that's not funny like
0: okay cool but like- i think if it's if it, if it was that prominence to remain in your memory then it might have been the frequency of the dick jokes that might have gotten. I hate when a movie relies on one joke for too long. Yeah. Um, like, I've seen... I, there's movies I like where there have been dick jokes, and it's, like, not the most offensive thing, but they happen, like, once or twice. Like, you said... For some reason, The Longest Yard immediately popped into my head with Adam Sandler, where uh, one of the characters they call... they They, like, recruit him in the shower... And they're all just staring at his dick. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they're like, well, if anything, you can hit him over the head with that fucking thing. And he's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, like, a joke about it, like, sure. But when the joke is just that, it's like, ha. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, this movie I saw, it was like, this girl was going to, like, hook up with this guy. And then she goes... She's, like, trying to unbuckle his pants, and it's, like, dark there in the bathroom. She goes, move your arm. And he goes, that ain't my arm. And then she, and we're like, we're like, cool. And then, like, she goes out to
0: all of her friends. She's like, oh, my God.
1: She's like, and then I said, move your arm. And he was like, that ain't my arm, girl. And they were like, oh,
0: And I'm like, sounds like you just hate women. Fucking chauvinist pig. Yo, where's that fruit salad guy from Canada? <laughs> Yo, come here and let me wife you up, boo. Yo, put those
1: apples back on them titties, boy.
0: I haven't felt a rush that high since that night, baby.
1: I haven't felt a rush that high since I got that rush that I've high, never man.
0: I've never tasted a sweeter apple than the one that came off Yo Man Boo. Why are we Matthew McConaughey? All right, alright, alright. All right, man. I mean I I was just here and, you know, I saw
1: you had the you know man You had those apples On your chest And I was like
0: mm-hmm. My favorite thing <laughs> 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 My favorite thing My favorite thing About these college boys They keep I stay I stay the same age No they stay the same As I keep getting
1: older love, Fuck that up Goddamn. It goes That's what I love About these preschool kids Man <laughs> I get older They stay the same age Preschool I mean High school That's what <laughs> I love High well, I, school I, Cut The line goes like this. (laughs) That's what I love about these high school girls. I get older and they stay the same age. We don't need Chris Hansen over here. It was an honest mistake. Why don't you have a seat? Why don't you have a seat instead of a seat? The best Chris Hansen catch was this pedophile goes into this kid's house and it's like, Chris Hansen's like, we have the decoy set up in the kitchen. Here comes John Doe looking to get his freak on. And then he, like, goes into the kitchen. Look at him get his dick wet. Yeah. So John Doe goes into the kitchen, and he's like, hi. And she goes, I made, and like, the decoy. She's like, I made you cookies, and, like, puts them on the table. And then Chris Hansen just comes out of a closet and goes, you won't be needing any milk with those cookies where you're going. <laughs> it's just like, the guy's like, oh, fuck. He goes, what? dude, the best is when a guy gets caught and Chris Hansen comes out, and the guy just goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> he's like, what? He goes, I I know you, I, I've I've seen the show. Fuck. He goes, so you've seen the show and you continue to do this. He goes, I just didn't think I'd be on the fucking show.
0: I didn't think it'd be you, Chris. I didn't think it'd be you. Don't do me like that. I love the one where the guy comes and he's like, all right, you ready to go to the beach? She's like, yeah, I just have to. He's like, come on, let's go to the beach quick. And Chris Hansen comes out and he's like, nah, I'm just going to the beach, yeah. man. And he just like runs out the front door. He's like, I he just want to like, go to the beach. He like trips on the steps and then the cops in ghillie suits come out like, oh, yo 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 yo. I just want to go to the beach. I just want to go to the beach. He's like,
1: this is Ryan. He's coming here to meet up with an underage girl. I just want to go to the beach. And then this guy comes out and uh, um, she goes, the decoy's like, did you bring condoms? He goes, yeah. And Chris Hansen comes out and goes, you won't need any of those where you're going.
0: Why do all the, uh, (laughs) why do all your, your, your Chris Hansen pedophiles sound like Ken Kniff? Hey hey there, little cock boy. Hey hey there, how you doing? Ken Kniff from Connecticut. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But now they're like, he's like. You want something that'll melt your mouth and not your hand? And then then he goes, he goes,
1: Ryan, what's your last name? He goes, I don't have a last name. He's like, Really? (laughs)
0: He looked like a Kenneth.
1: It's Kenneth.
0: Oh, Kenneth. From, from Connecticut. Connecticut. Connect. Collect call from Ken Kenneth.
1: You sound like you're doing your Dave Batista voice. I'm an actor. Hey, I'm an actor. <laughs> were I'm, you I'm in, not really acting. Were you in Knock at the Cabin also? I'm I mean, was in that movie. I play the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> hey,
0: I'm not really that guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm Dave, Dave Bautista. Batista. Got brainworms.
1: Yeah, we just want to. We just want to let you know how much we hate Dave Batista and how much we fucking loathe M Night Shyamalan. Tune into our third episode. Yeah, you gotta go to Spotify for that one. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I
0: I, I loved that episode so much, and it was one of our worst performing episodes.
1: Yeah, you guys break. should really watch it. But we weren't recording our episodes visually at the time, so you just got to put on some AirPods and chill out.
0: If this say uh, I uh, get this video to 50 likes and uh I'll uh you know I'll upload them to YouTube cuz I'm such a nice guy. If we get 100 likes on this video, Charlie will show his dick. Oh god. <laughs> Pressure's on <laughs> I'm on probation, bro, <laughs> oh, for shit. showing my dick. Now I was going to say I would do something crazy, but what could I do? He's going to give everyone $20.
1: <laughs> like that fucking guy. I know I owe you 20 bucks, man. Sorry. Yeah, I got shit faced and I promised our 100th follower on TikTok that I'd give him 20 bucks. I have
0: yet to do it. Although the guy didn't even like say no. He was like, oh, word, what's your Venmo?
1: Yeah, and I just didn't answer him. I, I got you though, bro. <laughs> do you? Fuck it. I don't know. I got to check the old bank account. That's
0: all up to him, man. I didn't, I made no such promise.
1: Fuck it. <laughs> all right. Well, anywho. Uh, there's it,
0: so much more to talk about this movie but we implore you to go watch it yourself. Yeah. Um that was our classic movie of the month week, day, minute hour, whatever we're going to do. semi-annual by yeah, whatever we do. Um trying to educate the youth.
1: Yeah. Um so be sure to uh to fucking like and subscribe. Um We are, uh, our TikTok is at the Degenerates 1000. Our Instagram is the Degenerates 1000. YouTube is the Degenerates, uh, I believe it's 7993. But, uh, yeah, and follow us on uh, Degenerate Movie Reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And, uh, yeah. You got anything else to say, bud? The dude abides. Dude abides. I'm Charlie. I'm the dude. And we'll see you next week.
0: Uh Ah.